Today we're going to hear the word of the Lord. We're going to two passages in the Bible. One of them is uh, going to be in Genesis chapter 1, and one of them is going to be in John chapter 1. If you wind me up and sit me down, I'm a teacher. That's all I am. That's all, I, that's all I've ever heard God say that, that He wanted me to do. I had a very dramatic experience in 1980 where the Lord left me with a great impression. And He impressed me that He had already blessed us, that He had already addressed our difficulties, our problems that we would face in life. He had already addressed our eternal life uh, situation, the predicament of us being born into sin and on our way to hell, that He had already done everything that we needed Him to do. Uh, that was very interesting to me because this great impression that I had uh, left me with a little bit of quandary. If God's already taken care of all this, then why am I continuing to find myself with problem after problem? problem, circumstance after situation that, that I'm really needing help with. And so, you know, um, I realized afterwards the, the, the great reality that God, uh, you know, not only sent Jesus to save me from an eternity in hell, but he sent his son to deal with my hell in this life. Not only from the eternity in hell, but from the hell of this life. Do you know that God loves us so much that he actually even gave his son the responsibility for helping me through my temporary problems? Jesus took stripes on his back. He was wounded for my transgressions so that I could end up eternally, you know, in the family of God. I love that. But he also dealt with my temporary problems. And uh, if, if you have known me for very long, you know that I'm prone to have some temporary problems. I am, uh, you know, I, I get into a lot of stuff and, and I tend to have a lot of need. But it impressed me so much in 1980 when the Lord showed me that he had already taken care of every situation that I could ever face through the cross and through what his son had done for me. Why do I call our problems in this life temporary problems? It's because sickness is a temporary problem. You know, uh, financial difficulties are temporary problems. Relationship uh, uh, problems are only temporary because, you know, we move from this life to the next. And God has dealt with my eternal problem of being lost, but He's also dealt with my temporary problems. Do you know how many people whom Jesus prayed for. I mean, Jesus laid his hands on and prayed for a lot of people, right? Y'all know that? Y'all know Jesus prayed for a lot of people. He blessed a lot of people. He fed a lot of people. How many of those people that whom Jesus prayed for, how many of those people died? What now? Hold on a second. Jesus prayed for them. Do you think that the people that got to eat the fish and loaves, that they ever got hungry again? How about Zacchaeus? Whenever he sold everything he had and, and gave half of everything he had to the poor and then distributed the rest of what he had among those people that he had robbed, do you think that he never had another bill? No? How about the little woman with the issue of blood that came up and touched the hem of Jesus' garment and said, you know, I, I know that if I can touch him in his garment, I'll be whole. And, and you know... Jesus, you know, feeling the virtue going out of him, turned about in the press and said, who touched me? And they said, what do you mean who touched you? See the crowd throng in you to say who touched you? He said, no, somebody touched me. I felt virtue flow out of me. And she's not there. I've been to Capernaum. She gone. 
She died. Reckon what she died of? I don't know. She died of something. You see, Jesus ministered to so many temporary problems. To get a person out of a situation or out of a circumstance or out of a problem, whether they caused it or whether it happened to them, without regard to, to how we get ourselves into situations or how situations just come upon us and, or why we wake up some morning and, and we get to work and, and, and you know, all of a sudden you know, uh, work doesn't have a place for us anymore. I, I mean, you know. There's a lot of temporary problems that Jesus ministered to. He took stripes on his back for my temporary healing because once I get to heaven, I'm not going to need it anymore. Isn't that amazing? He ministered to so many temporary problems. In fact, most of the promises in the Word of God, uh, you know, most of them, maybe all except just one category of redemptive promises. So maybe we could say, I, I haven't ever said this before, but maybe all the promises of God, with the exception of salvation, are only aimed at our temporary situations. God loves me. He wants me to have good relationships, and He wants me to have money, and He wants me to, you know, enjoy the fruit of my labor, and He and He and He, and he wants me to be happy, and He wants me to be healed. My goodness, He cares all. He gave so much. For the things I'm going through right now, as Pastor John Osteen used to say, we, swing, we, we, we can sing about the sweet by and by, but we're stuck in the nasty now and now. <laughs> and the nasty now and now, let me tell you, I've needed help with it. I need help with it this week. I don't know what I'm going to run into, but you know, see me next week and I'll tell you whatever it was, okay? I'm going to run into something that I'm going to need help with. I'm going to run into something that I'm going to apply my relationship with God and what I know about Him and my faith toward Him in that situation or that circumstance and He's going to see me through. So in 1980, when the Lord impressed me that He had, he had done, he had, he had fixed, you know, He had worked on, He had supplied everything that I would need in order to deal with this life and in order to get me into a secure eternity that was exciting to me in one respect, but yet I wasn't sure exactly how, uh, you know, or why I was stuck in some problems and how I was going to get out of those problems. Well, he ended up not leaving me in a quandary. He ended up actually sharing with me that it was my calling and my duty in life to go and teach people how to walk in his blessings. So that's what I'm doing here today. Every time I get up, every, every podcast, every television program, every conference, every time I get up to share anything, uh, even you know, in private situations, I find that God has made me a teacher. And I'm a teacher. I, I'm, 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 a, I'm a good teacher because God made me a teacher. And I, you know, so today you're going to learn something, okay? We can, we, can, we can rest assured, you know, you may not, you know, feel that boom, you know, I, I don't know. I'm not real good at that one, okay? I'm just not. Uh, I don't know. You know, we need, uh, and I love that. Oh, I love to go and just, you know, ooh, I, I love to just, I'm, I'm stuck with the boring teacher thing, okay? But today you're going to learn something. And what we're going to learn is that God has already given us everything we need for our situations of life. 
whatever you're facing today or whatever you may face this week or whatever your family or friends or job or schoolmates or you know employees are facing uh, today you're going to learn something because that's the anointing of god that's on my life you will learn something today in how to deal with life's temporary situations now if you have an eternal problem, if you're not born again, don't leave here on your way to hell, all right? That's, uh, that's dealt with by, by just letting God know, you know, I believe in you, God, and Lord, I believe in your son, and, you know, forgive me of my sins, come into my life, save my soul. You know, we see so many people born again every week. It's wonderful, and, 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 and you got to get born again, but then you need to learn how to deal with this life in respect to what God has done. God said, I have, this is what he said to me in 1980, I was praying, God bless your people, bless your people, bless your people, God bless your people. That's just all I could say, bless your people. And he said, I have blessed them. He said, now you go and you teach them how to walk in my blessings, okay? So today we're going to Genesis chapter one to the very first lesson that God ever taught us to the very first thing that God ever said to us. The very first picture, the very first lesson, the first thing God teaches us about Him, okay? And we're going to also share a little bit uh, out of John chapter 1, uh, providing we have time, because John chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 1 uh, tell the same story from different perspectives and from different, uh, uh, you know, at, at, at different times. Uh, and, uh, you know, John chapter 1 says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, uh, and the Word was God. You know, the Logos. In the beginning was the Logos. The Word. You know, this great Word of God. And the Word was Prostheos. It was with God. It was for God. It was, it was, it was uh, you know, uh, support. The, it, it, and it was God. The same was in the beginning with God. And nothing that was made, John 1 uh, tells us, nothing that was made was made without the Word. Talking about Jesus. Everything was made was made by Him and there was nothing that was made that was not made by Him and for Him. So He was in the beginning with God, okay? And nothing that God made did God make without Him. God made everything for Him, including me and you. Do you know whenever God is finished, with everything that he is doing on planet earth, the only thing that he will have left for all of his hard work is family. That's all. Isn't that amazing? That that's the only thing God's working for? I mean, whenever God shuts the earth down and it's all and, and, and it's and, and it's over, and we get to new heaven and new earth, and when we get to eternity, the only thing God will have left out of all of his hard work for all the thousands of years. It's family. You see, God made everything for His Son. That's the only thing God's working for, His family. Relationships are pretty important then, huh? Yeah, sure they are. Do you know, uh, it's all about who you know, not about what you know. Y'all know that, right? Y'all know that? It's who you know, not what you know. Right? If who you know gets you into heaven, it's not what you know, it's who you know. It's only by relationship. If who you know gets into heaven, then who you know will work for everything else. You see, uh, uh, it, it's who you know, not what you know that counts. Okay? And it's who you know that gives you a chance to show what you know. And when who you know gives you a chance to show what you know, you better know because if you don't know, everybody know you don't know. All right? So it begins with who you know. 
Okay? Uh, who you know. That's why I'm here this morning. It's who I know. Pastor Sam did not invite me because of what I know, because, you know, he doesn't think I'm the sharpest knife in the bucket. Okay? <laughs> but, and he's right. But it's who I know. God's working for a relationship, for family. God made everything for his son. Okay? And when, when God could have portrayed himself as anything, when he could have been the sun, the moon, the wind, the stars, he could have been fire, he could have, God could have been anything he wanted to be. He revealed himself to us and caged himself in the image of a father. That's what he, that's the only thing God's ever wanted to be. The only thing, the, the only thing we know about God is that he wants to be your father. That, I mean, we don't know anything else about him, but he wants to be your father. That's, uh, he wants to be your father. Isn't that pretty good? And he made everything for his son. And his son is an heir to his throne. And I am a joint heir with his son because he'll adopt me into that family. I can be family and live forever as an heir to the throne of God. Whoa, good stuff. And I get all that because somebody else paid for it. Pretty good. I'm going to go to the A&M game with you. Yeah. You get snacks and everything. You're going to pay for it. Oh, yeah. Don't you like it when somebody else pays for everything? Pretty good deal. Oh, yeah, we, you know, no, it's a good deal. Jesus paid for it all. God made it for him. Isn't that amazing? You see, nothing that was made was made without him, and everything was made for him, and it is by him and through him that everything continues. Okay? You see, because in the beginning, in verse 1 of Genesis 1, reading from the New King James Version, uh, Sorry, Isaac, did I not tell you this morning? I don't know if I did. I don't know if you put them up or not. I didn't send any notes, okay? Uh, sorry. Uh, and I've already got to preach once this morning uh, over the, over the uh, Golden Triangle Church on the Rock. Uh, I left, though, I left them without my last point. I said, Brenda, it's time to go. She said, oh, okay. So we got up and left, and uh, I just said uh, to my son, hey, Ashley, would you finish this for me? I took off. And so I hope they got the last point right. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll try to get this, you know, all of my points in here. All right. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Genesis 1.1. Are you with me on this? And remember what John said, okay? That the word Jesus was there. And God was making everything for him. Everything by him. Okay? And... Uh, you know, he was with God and he was God and they were together and, and, and God is making this for family. He's, he's making everything. Oh, wow. So I think that's pretty cool. All the children here can realize that God only wanted to be a father. All he wants is family. Think about this. God wants you to be family. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, I do not know what happened between verse 1 and verse 2. Nobody can know. I don't know. You know? I don't know if it was one breath, one minute, one second, one million years, one billion, one zillion. I don't know. And no one else does either. Don't anyone fool you. We don't know. Okay? We don't know. I went to school. We don't know. Okay? I have a doctorate. I still don't know. Okay? Don't know. 
I've talked to a lot of pastors. They don't know either. We don't know. Now, this is not talking about the seven days of creation. We'll get to that down lower. This is talking about in the very beginning. Okay? Could have been one breath. Could have been one second. It could have been one year. I don't know. But the Bible says that in the beginning, this is what we do know, God created the heavens and the earth and He created them by the Word. He created them with the Word and for the Word that was with Him in the beginning. The same was with Him, the same was Him and everything was made for Him and by Him. In the beginning, God created for His Son a world, the heavens and the earth and He and He made this for Jesus. He made this for His Son. He had a plan. He had a vision. He had a hope. He made something for His Son. He wanted to give his son something that he made for him and here son I made the heavens and the earth for you wow pretty good deal huh don't know what happened could have been a meteor could have been the devil thrown to the earth I don't know but one day or one second later God looked around and the earth was void and without form and darkness covered the face of the deep. Wow. Okay. Get the picture with me. God has made something for his family. God did something for his family. (laughs) Okay. God made something for his son, a present. Okay. And I don't know what happened to it, but at some point, like I said, maybe a second later, maybe a million years later, God looked at it and God did not like the way it was. God did not like what he saw. God was not happy with what he had. He made it. But at some point, he realized it's not what I want. It's not like I want. It might be what I want, but it's not like I want. I don't like that. Because the earth was without form and void. It was empty and dark and chaotic. Now, let's put ourselves in God's shoes for just a moment. Let me just talk about me. There are things in life that I have wanted and I have worked hard for, only later to realize this isn't exactly what I wanted. I've even done some things that worked pretty good for a while, but after a while, me or something or someone else or some other situation came along and messed it up. And it just got to the place where it was without form and void and, and dark and, 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 and I didn't like it. It was chaotic and it, it just was not what I wanted for me or my family. Anybody ever have a situation like that? You ever have a situation where you get up one morning and you look at your job or you look at your marriage or you look at your, your relationship with your children or with your parents or, or you look at your community or, or, or a best friend or, you know, your, your school uh, situation and you realize it's not what I want. I'm not happy with this anymore. It's not as I imagined. It's not as I planned. It's not what I dreamed. I want this to change. Have you ever woke up with something in your life that you wanted it to change? It needed to change. That you had basically two choices. 
It's got to change or it's got to go. Oh, come on. I'm preaching better than your amen. Okay. This is life. Church is where we come to to learn lessons for life. You know, we don't, uh, I value education, uh, highly value it. And many times in church, you know, we can learn what God did, and that's great. We need to learn what God did, but we also need to uh, somehow realize that God is still doing, okay? And, uh, you know, the, the church is not just a refrigerator to, to preserve uh, what God did. It's an incubator to hatch what God wants to do. And God wants to do some things in our life. God's not finished with us yet. And if you're in a situation or if you ever get in a situation that's bad, realize if it's bad, God's not finished yet. And don't be tempted to take a temporary situation and create a permanent problem. You know, God could have done that, but he didn't. This is the very first lesson that God is going to show us. The very first thing God teaches us. The very first thing that God reveals to us is that he's the one that started this and ended up where he didn't like it. Okay? God started it. He had a plan. He had a purpose. He did it by his word, for his word. I mean, God was the author of all of this. And, and, and it was on his watch somehow that everything was chaotic. What do you think, Josh? Josh got that engineer mind going. No. You know, I really have never forgiven you for leaving our church and coming over here. You know that. I just want to get that off my chest. Okay, you're in our church for all these years and you see, you know, one pretty girl. You go. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll talk later. Okay. <laughs> so, and there's some others in here that I feel a little bit more. Never mind, we'll, we won't go there. <laughs> Just joking. Okay. I have had the experience where there was something that I had that I didn't like and I didn't know what to do with. This is what God was saying to me in 1980. I've taken care. I've made preparation. I, I already have the answers to things that you are going through, to the, to the, to the things that you will encounter. I have a plan. I, you know, and, and then the very first thing, I find out the very first thing that God teaches me is what to do with situations that I face that need to change. That it's something that, that I have, something I'm responsible for, something that, 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 that's on my watch, and, and, and I don't like it. You know, I told you that for five years I chased this woman. I asked her for a date that day. She said no. The first day I met her, she said no. Some of you have heard this story, but it tells just as good the second time. Okay? Uh, so, I worked it out that day where I asked her for a date five years in advance. I said, well, listen, you will be a senior when I'm a junior. And our junior-senior banquet at James Bowie High School only juniors and seniors can go. You can't take someone outside of, 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 of that junior-senior class. So everybody who is a junior and senior can go and nobody else. There was only like 26 or 28 people in our class, so that meant a total of perhaps, you know, 40 or 50 people at that little, but, you know. I said, so, when you're a senior, I'm a junior, would you go with me to the junior-senior prom? She looked at me. 
She said, you'll have to ask my boyfriend. I said, who is he? She told me. I left the lunchroom. I went and found him. He was a junior in high school. I said, hey, you're not going to be going to junior senior bank with her. You'll be graduated. We hoped. He wasn't that sharp. But I said, so do you care if I take Brenda to the junior senior banquet? Because you can't go anyway. He looked at me. He was over a foot taller than me and outweighed me over 100 pounds. Big old football boy. Mean boy. Found him at the smoke shack at school. Isn't that interesting? We had smoke shacks at school. I think they still may be the only school in the nation that has smoke shack. I don't know. <laughs> and a place to clean your guns. <laughs> but he looked at me and I didn't know whether he was going to hit me or I, I didn't know. I just looking up at him and I said, I'm serious. I want to take your juniors in the back, but you can't go. She told me I had to ask you. He said, I don't care. I went back and told her, we got a date, baby. I took her. I finally tricked her into marrying me. Uh, and uh, she was out of high school. I was still a senior. I was, I was in January of my senior year. And, and, uh, uh, and uh, I, I got born again at 12 years old. Man, Jesus came into my life. You know, I'd, I didn't grow in Christ any, but, but I was saved and I always had this consciousness that God loved me and that he would help me. And so, and so uh, uh, you know, uh, in January, she broke up with me. And so I just went, you know, I went a little berserk to begin with. No big deal. I mean, I, yeah, I, I did a couple things you shouldn't do. A lot of things you shouldn't do. And so she really didn't like me and ended up with her on my back, uh, hitting me in the head and pulling my hair and scratching me and, and telling me how much she hated me uh, while I was on top of her new boyfriend, pounding him in the face. And, uh, and then, and then uh, uh, and it ended up that she told me she never wanted to talk to me again. And so uh, uh, I knew I had to turn to God. And so uh, I went, uh, 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 two nights later, I went up on a hill and prayed God. If you would give me this woman back. If, Lord, if I could marry this woman, Lord, I'll serve you all the days of my life. I meant it. Lord, I will. I just love, I, I love her, Lord. I've loved her for, since I was 12. Lord, I just, just give her back. And it was midnight 30, okay? I just, I'd gotten off work and, and uh, I just went up on a hill and, and got a friend to pray with me. His friend didn't even believe in God. He told me, I don't even believe in God. I said, you're praying with me anyway. So, so he prayed with me. I left that hill and drove to my house. I lived down a dirt road and, uh, uh, behind the school. And, and uh, just about uh, a, a quarter of a mile before I got to my house, I came around the curb, had one of those, you know, jacked up, you know, uh, Pontiacs, you know, coming around, you know, uh, that curb. And when I straightened out, I almost hit a car head on. There's nobody on that road. I'm the only person who lives down that road, me and my family. It was Brenda. Out of her car, my, our cars stopped on that dirt road, dust everywhere. Out of her car, she came. She was in her nightgown. Oh, one Running across the dust and the lights. I got out of my car and we met together and whoo. We went back this year and took a picture of us standing there doing that same thing again in that very spot. 
she looked me in the eyes. You know, by this time it was one o'clock in the morning. And she said, would you take me back? I said, no. <laughs> like I said, I'm not the sharpest knife in the bucket. I said, no. She said, what? I mean, I just come from prayer on a hill. No. She said, why? I said, I can never have my heart broken like this again. The only way that I'll take you back is if you'll marry me. She said, I will. I said, I, I mean now. I mean right now. She looked at me and she said, okay. So we went and woke up her parents. They didn't like that, by the way. We went and woke up my parents that she had just woken up knocking on the door in her nightgown saying, you know where your son is? I mean, it's, okay, it's one o'clock in the morning. I never dreamed what they were thinking. They're going, oh, my goodness. My mom and dad said, I don't know what we can say. If y'all want to get married, I've been 18 a month. I thought I was qualified. And then we went and woke the preacher up. We won't get married. Now. He said, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. He said, well, you have to have a license. I said, where do you, you get one? I'm going to wake those people up. Had to wait till the next night. We got married. And after we got married, 13 people at our wedding. We got married at midnight 30. I had to work after school. I went to school and worked. And she worked. And the preacher worked. He got off swing shift that night. And we went to, the, the, you know, and got married. The next morning, I was so happy to be married. All my life, I felt like nobody loved me, nobody liked me. You know, all those, all those problems that, that you know, guys face. And, and uh, uh, you know, and, and I, I rolled her over in bed and looked at her. Ryan, you don't know what those problems are guys face, right? Uh, I rolled her over in bed and looked at her. And I was just so happy to, to have somebody that loved me. I, I looked her in the eyes and I went, and she opened her eyes and went, oh my God. First word she said, oh my God. I've ruined my life. I don't love you. I don't even like you. First words. I went, <laughs> good morning. It was nine years later before she ever felt and for where she ever told me, I love you. She worked on it hard. Well, the first few years she didn't, but then she got born again. And she really worked on it hard. I was pastoring a church. I, I was pastoring Word of Faith. We had started our first church. I was pastoring two little kids. I, I, I was the pastor of, of, of you know fastest growing church in Sims, Texas. And we had 16 people. You know, it was power. One morning I came home from the office just before lunch. And at lunchtime I walked through our kitchen. I said, I love you. I'd been saying I love you for so many years. She's, she's, would, sometimes she would slip and say, I love you. And then, but then I'd ask her, do you love me? And she'd say, well, not like you mean. But I know I mean. I, but she had been listening to this song on tape. She'd been listening to Kelly Willard sing a song and says, if you don't have a willing heart, ask him, he'll give you one. 
If you can't seem to make a start, trust in His power. For the Lord above is watching you. He knows what you're going through. He will make a way if you want Him to. Do you really want Him to? Tell Him so. That's what the song. Over and over and over she listened to it and listened to it. And she got to the place where she wanted to love me. She got to the place where she was willing and she told God, I'm willing, I'm willing. And boy, I walked through that kitchen that day and I said, I love you. And I'm going into the bedroom, you know, to get ready for lunch. And, and, and she said, I love you too. I remember she was holding a pan of spaghetti. I walked back into the kitchen because it sounded different than it ever sounded before. And I said, what did you say? And she looked at me with that little pan of spaghetti. And she said, I do. I love you. I really love you. The last two weeks have been great. I'm just joking. No. <laughs> she loved me. I'm probably the most loved man in the world today. Simply because of a principle that God gave us. That we don't discard things just because they're not working. That if we have problems, God showed us what to do with problems. What do you do when something needs to change? What do you do when you have something that, that you wanted, that you made, that you worked for, that, 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 that you paid for, you know, and all of a sudden, maybe even no fault of your own, or, or maybe it is your fault, or, or, or maybe it's something that, you know, just, you know, whatever. It's not what you want anymore. And you want it to change. What did God do? You see, in the beginning, God made the heavens and the earth. And, and then uh, he looked around and realized they were without form and void. And, and darkness covered the face of the deep. So what did God do when he had something that he did not want? God showed us. The Bible says, and the Spirit of God moved upon, hovered upon, brooded upon is another word. The Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. What happened? God got closer to the problem. God did not distance Himself from the thing that needed to change. You see, it's a principle. It's the very first lesson that God showed us. In fact, it's the greatest lesson that I've ever learned in my life. It's what Jesus showed me. Jesus in heaven, pre-existent, decided one day that he would get closer to the problem that needed to change. Do you know how many problems I have given Jesus? Do you know how many problems I have given God? And do you know that every time that I have offered him a problem, every time that I have done, a, done something I shouldn't have done, you know what he does? He gets closer to me. He comes, he came from heaven to earth to fix a problem he didn't cause. He got closer. God, his spirit did not abandon the earth. It got closer. In fact, if there's something in your life that needs changing, let me encourage you, get closer to change. Get closer to what needs to be changed. My goodness. You can't even change a flat tire if you won't get closer to it. You can't even change your hairstyle, if you, and some of you need to, if you won't get closer to it. I've just seen if you're awake. 
The very first lesson that God showed us is he wanted something for his family really, really bad. He really wanted to do something for his family, and he did. No doubt God did his best. But something happened. And what he saw, he wanted to change. And so what he did was he got closer. You see, the Spirit of God moved down upon the face of the waters. God got closer to the earth. And as he moved on the face of the waters, that concept of moving and the concept of, of, of covering, that concept of, 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 of brooding is a concept of incubation, like a hen would sit on eggs. It's, it's, it's what we understand as meditation. He was hatching a plan. He was deciding what needed to be done. He was deciding what, 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 uh, what he needed to do in order to affect a change. He was deciding what can I do about this situation to make it better. He got closer to it and decided what needed to be done and then he pulled the trigger on it. He said, well, this is, he did not say it ain't dark. He didn't deny the problem. Denying the problem will just let it linger. He said, let there be light. You know what he did? He made a confession. He made a declaration. He got the ball to moving. He threw himself into the game, just like Joshua in chapter 24, verse 15. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. There's such a power in confession. There is a great release of power when we make a declaration. Michael, you can come ahead if you're going to help me finish here. I'm going to need some help finishing, okay? There's power in declaration. Today I want you to leave here with two things in mind. You can apply this to your work, to your school. You can apply it to your grades at school. You can apply it to your relationship. You can apply it to your marriage. You can apply it to your relationship with your, with your parents. You can apply it to your relationship you know, at, at work or with your spouse or with your children. You can apply it to not liking your house being dirty. Okay? You can apply it to you know, your car needing washed. You can apply this to every situation that needs to change. Get closer to it. Get closer to it. Especially to those who are lost. Especially to those who are in trouble. Especially to those who have great needs. Get closer. Get closer. Oh, but please, please don't distance yourself from things that need changing on your watch that are your responsibility, that are a part of your life. Even if you're not happy with him, even, even, you know, please don't fall into the devil's trap of having a problem with someone at work and just Xing them off of your, I'll never talk to them again. I'll never sit at lunch with them again. Oh no, get closer to them. Okay? Think about it. Think about it like God did. Think about it. What can I do? What can I do? Not what, what do they need to do. What can I do? And then whenever you receive from God, and you will, God, God will work with you. When you receive from God what you can do, just make a declaration. I'm going to do this. I can do this. Situation, speak to that mountain. Mountain, you move in the name of Jesus. 
I'm not going to have this kind of relationship with my husband, with my wife, with my son, with my daughter. I am not going to have a deteriorating relationship at work with my boss. I'm not going to put up with my employees not respecting me. I'm not going to end up just hating the manager at that store. I'm going to make this work in the name of Jesus mountain move let there be light and then God got involved God to begin with his same declarations step after step after step you can read about them he created he saw that it was good. He saw that it worked, and he took another step. And the morning, evening were the first day, and the second day, and the third day, and the fourth day, and the fifth day. It was hard work. He rested, and then he went back to work. You can do this. You can do this. Today, my challenge to you is to not discard the things in your life. Don't distance yourself. Don't play this game. I had an argument with my, with my son, my spouse, my, my, my mom. And I'm just not going over there anymore. I'm just going to you know, withhold. I'm not going to perform for my employer anymore. I'm not going to like that person. I'm not going to interact with that people group. I'm not going to, you know, uh, you know if they need to change, get closer. And guess what? Without regard to how many times you clean your house, you're probably going to need to clean it again. We're in a series of temporary situations. Don't get too upset if you need to fix it again. But being a Christian and being an adult, but being a Christian means that sometimes we're responsible to fix something we didn't break. Put a smile on your face, joy in your heart. God's already done the hard work. He'll help you every step of the way. Decide, number one, you're going to get closer to things that need to change. Give it a shot. Give it a try, okay? And number two, that you're going to start making some good, strong declarations in your life. Stop talking about it getting worse. Stop telling everybody how bad it is. Make some good declarations. Make some God declarations in your life. You can turn your life around with declarations. You can do it. You can do this. You can do this. You can do this. God is on your side. Make some good, strong declarations. Okay? God creates the fruit of the lips. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. You know, speak those things which are good. Get a God plan. Make a God confession. And watch what God will do. My wife now loves me. bow your head and close your eyes let's pray and seal this word in our hearts this morning father lord today sir we pray 
that you would help us, Lord, to see things the way you see them, Lord, and help us, God, instead of distancing ourselves, Lord, God, to, to, to get closer to those things, Lord, that, that are our responsibility on our watch, Lord, that belong to us, Lord, and need to change, God. Lord, help us to get closer to the things, Lord, that, that just need, Lord, a, 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 a greater perspective, Lord. And God, help us, oh Lord, God, as we are closer, Lord, to, to hatch a plan, a God plan, Lord, for us to meditate on your word, Lord, and see what we can do to help God, and then to make a faithful declaration, Lord, to command the mountains to move, Lord. And God, your word says they will, Father, Lord, restore, Father. Lord, as you, God, Lord, uh, did, Father, help us, Lord, to see what you do, Lord. Let that light, Lord, be the life of men. Lord, uh, and God, help us, Lord. Help us, God, to see change and to build on it in Jesus' name. Amen.